Chainsaw Matinee. Everybody take your seats. We have such sights to show you. I'm Kai. I'm Marty. I'm Hannah. Uh, I am Will, Hannah's brother. Yes, my brother! We finally got him on this show! Yeah! We got him, ladies and gentlemen. We got got him, folks. (laughs) We got him. We got him. The brother squad is almost complete. Because uh, I've had my brother on here, so now Marty, you need to have your brother. I have three brothers. Do you really want them on? <laughs> all pick all at pick once. Pick your favorite. All, all at, at once. Time. Oh, <laughs> I don't. They, they've been they've actually been hiding it, but oh, they're brothers with all three McElroys. Uh, no, <laughs> no. Um, you should bring your sister-in-law because she was talking about horror movies with us at your birthday party. I should. I should see if she would be interested in talking about something. Yeah. Anyway, uh, welcome, Will. We are very glad to have you. Thank you. Hello. Thank you. It's very nice to be on. Uh, to talk about the, the world's greatest feat of cinema by its greatest <laughs> auteur. Uh, Malignant. Made by, made by the greatest studio doing it in Hollywood right now, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Malignant truly is a film of the cinema. Yes. Oh, my God, is it? <laughs> I really wanted to ask Will on for this episode specifically because when this movie came out in what, like October? No, September of September tenth, twenty twenty one. September tenth, twenty twenty one. I got a phone call out of the blue, and I hear like movie music in the background, and I just hear Will say, "Have you seen Malignant?" And I said, "No, I haven't even seen the trailers." And he said, "Good." Don't watch any trailers. Go see the movie as soon as possible. And then I believe you hung up. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, beautiful. So I saw I saw that, uh, I think, the day after its release, a day I will never forget. Uh, it. I went on a Saturday alone. Like uh, I, I checked with my friends to see it, and they were like, what is it? And I'm like, oh, it's a new horror movie by the Aquaman guy. I know nothing about it from the trailers. The trailers don't want to say anything. And they were all like, Pass. Uh, so I go in, I watch it. Uh, is there is there a spoiler point in the podcast? It's like very the, interesting that you went with saying that he was the Aquaman guy and not the guy that did Saw. He is also the Saw guy. He is also, <laughs> yeah, the, the Insidious guy, the Conjuring guy, probably. Mm-hmm. Dead yes. Silence guy. Great. Everyone loves Dead yeah. Silence. I love Dead Silence. Um, dead Silence uh, plays Do we like, love Dead yeah. Silence? I haven't seen it, so... Uh, it it is a film with a very similar twist at the end, which is kind of fun. I I, I I'm excited to talk about that. Uh, it's one we watched. Uh, me and my roommates we watched it in college. Uh, mm. It's it it has it's not on the same level of like genre bending madness that this one gets up to, but it has like another wackadoo twist right at the end that that I think is pretty fun. I love that. Good. Um, and to answer your question, we can talk about spoilers, like, pretty much whenever. Yeah. This okay, movie's cool. been out for long enough. I feel like the people who are going to listen to this have seen it. <laughs> Although, I, there, you I should guess. see it blind, if you can. Don't yes. don't hear anything. Don't 
go see it right now if you want a good time and then come back and listen to us. Like, we'll be here. Uh, yes, this is very important. If you haven't yet seen Malignant, please take this time to pause the recording. Go to HBO Max or your local video store. Grab a copy. Sit down. Watch it. Uh, don't take your eyes off the screen for a minute. Then come back. Yeah, I learned the don't take your eyes off the screen part the hard way. Because um, mm-hmm. I had an interesting time watching this movie. I think the first time I saw it, I was sick with COVID. Oh, no. Uh, and I was like laying at home watching HBO Max and none of it made sense and I didn't understand what was happening. And then the second time I watched it, um, I had just taken an edible. And so again, nothing made sense and I didn't know what was happening. Um, And so this time, this most recent time I watched it was the first time I actually understood what was going on. And like, so I don't know. It was an experience. A friend of mine did watch it after I recommended it to him uh, after partaking of a certain herb you don't use in the kitchen. And uh, he made it sound like that was the best way to watch it uh, first go around. Uh, uh, I feel like not I, first go around because it's very confusing and disorienting. To each their own then. Uh, <laughs> I I got to see it a pretty fantastic way, which, which was again just like no expectations other than Furious 7 is a bonkers batshit movie. And uh, Aquaman is also a bonkers batshit movie. And Conjuring and Conjuring 2 are fun with moments that, like, lurch into batshit bonkers territory. So, I I was like, I don't know what James Wan is doing with this movie that's all about, I don't know, a lady who transports between rooms a lot. But uh, (laughs) I'm gonna go check it out. And I saw it. I sat in the cinema, which was, like, pretty sparse at, at, like, the local AMC. And it, uh, it was like the first two thirds of the movie. I was like, "This is this is a mystery with some cool camera work, but I, I'm not fully tracking what's going on here." And then the third act happens, uh-huh. and I'm leaning forward in my seat, and I don't think I've ever, uh, besides uncut gems, had a moment <laughs> where like the third act of a movie got me so fired up, and like <laughs> I, I was totally. I know a lot of people saw the twist coming, but I was, like, mm-hmm. not prepared for just how immediately off the wall insane it got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I have and, a question from, for... Yeah. Oh, f- finish your thought. Go for it. Uh, and from then on, it was my favorite movie of 2021. <laughs> I just had a question, because I also kind of went in with those expectations. Like, I knew you liked it, and you're kind of the person who introduced me into... Uh, horror through kind of like the b-movie kind of wacky evil dead style stuff so i was like okay so this is either gonna be really good or really bad and i'm excited and it was just bonkers so at what point did y'all realize what kind of movie this was because for me it took me a little while to figure it out i think it was again spoilers the point where she was like I'm adopted, and there's just the zoom in on this girl's giant eyes, and the music cue is just so intense. <laughs> and then from then on, it was just more and more bonkers. Yeah, um, for me, probably, like, when she gets kidnapped, and then, like, like put up in the attic, and then, like, suddenly, you know, it changes scenes. I didn't understand that those were flashbacks. I just didn't understand what was happening. I was like, why is she going to another room? Mm-hmm. Um, The moment things started, like, changing around her and she like couldn't move i was like oh this is gonna be weird <laughs> yeah although the opening scene is also pretty yeah pretty campy 
It is very the cheesy, opening credits but... where it's like zoomed in on like all the surgical stuff and you can't really tell what's going on. But like, well, you and know just when the fellow scientists wrong. and the fellow scientists are just like, he's using his mind c- to control the machines. And oh, like, yeah. <laughs> he's got electrical mind powers. That that dude who just like takes a break, turns over, and goes, he's broadcasting his thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So. Let us delve into the plot of Malignant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and so everybody, feel free to just kind of jump in and we will piece this together. So the movie starts out with a surgeon lady looking into a camera and she goes, it's time to cut out the cancer. That does happen from there. A little bit later. First, first she's running through the halls. First, she's talking about gabriel i believe she starts yeah. out with gabriel right and then it opens up someone... with a, uh, if i may I, I watched the movie last night and compiled a bullet point list of every scene in the film <laughs> oh i love this i love this uh, so it opens up with the logos with vhs stuff dr weaver does a little video log where she like briefly talks about the surgery and then yeah it, it pretty much jumps right into to all the hospital stuff uh, y'all were talking about mm-hmm Yes. So and then it's time to cut out the, the cancer. Yeah. That's time the one. To cut out the cancer, and she's been informed that yeah, that Gabriel has escaped. We don't know who Gabriel is, but apparently he can control electricity and broadcast his thoughts. Yes, uh, all speaks. we are told about Gabriel at the beginning is he broadcasts his thoughts, and he is a bad little boy. Yes. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and, um, He's just a terrible little uh, little guy. So, He's what the French would call. The enfant terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So then we cut to later. um, In present day, our hero, Madeline, is... Madeline, right? Uh, Maddie. Or was it Madison? I I think it's Madison. I believe Madison, yes. Yes. Okay. Um, She is pregnant and living with her abusive husband. And... She's. It's mentioned that like she's already had a bunch of miscarriages, and the husband's being a dick about it, and he's like, "You can't carry a baby to term, and maybe there's something wrong with you." And like, he's Flat just out, complete yeah, terrible asshole. guy. I agree. Terrible guy in every way. I think like the scene is like an exercise in how quickly you can escalate him from being like an annoying dude to just the worst man ever. Yeah. It, it starts out with, like, her walking in, and she's clearly, like, got a headache, pregnant, all that. And she's like, the TV's too loud. And he's like, what? Why are you in the room, then? Uh, and then, yeah, it's immediately after that, he goes to, like, throwing subtle, subtle shade at her for miscarrying too many babies? I guess that's I believe a the line- horrible thing to happen to you, and that's clearly your fault for doing it. That's what he thinks, at least. Yeah, he's like, I can't stand to see my children die inside of you. Why do you torment me so? And you're just like, oh my god. Okay. god. Yeah, yeah, I hate this guy. So, no, like, yeah. it gets physical really fast, and he throws her against a wall. and it Cracks like, the back of her head open. Yeah, pretty seriously injures her. A lot of blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, later at night, like, they're sleeping in separate rooms, and he gets up and is hears something like some noises and someone creeping around in the house so he gets up to investigate and ends up dead 
Yeah. Okay, this is something that I'm a little irked by, and maybe you can justify it. There is a very intentional close-up shot of a blender, because the blender goes off, and he goes and turns it off, and then you stare at the blades. And I'm like, ooh, James Wan is going to throw this guy in a blender somehow. But then he doesn't. He just, like, twists his head all the way around, which is still really cool, but I was like, I wanted to see some blender action. Uh, I can justify it three ways. Mm-hmm. Way number one, this is a misdirect... Uh, that further exemplifies Gabriel's electricity powers. It's a fun yes. little layer to add once you watch the film more and mm-hmm. realize just the extent his mastery over uh, all devices are. Uh, way number two is that uh, it's kind of symbolism because, like, uh, you, you see, when she twists his head, what mm-hmm. what kind of motion would that parallel, would you say? Something rotating oh around a fixed point. Yes. Holy shit. Yeah, uh, I was literally gonna say that, like, yeah, because it's like his, his head is getting twisted off, much like a blender rotates. Yes. Uh, and then way number three, uh, camera go boom. Good job, Michael Burgess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I have been, I have been malignant myself. Please continue. <laughs> this is a foolproof movie. Gabriel is the one that's been messing with Twitter, and that's why it's so bad now, and it's all because of his bad electricity powers. Perhaps. Um, Sorry, I had a a moment there. I think Gabriel came over me. So Madison, (laughs) Madison wakes up, and... Her husband is dead, and she's like, "What the fuck happened?" And like, is yeah, she's in the hospital with yeah. her sister, and um, and her baby is just straight up gone, right? Yeah, yeah. like her baby um, disappeared. I, I believe, is it that like while she was unconscious, the the hospital like had to like take it out? If I remember, I think so because yeah. like yeah. I I know her sister said the baby didn't make it. Yeah, um, basically, like she's quote-unquote attacked and like her husband is dead and i think someone like one of the neighbors called the cops or something and that's how she ended up in the hospital yeah and then also Mm -hmm. this is where uh her sister sydney is introduced and they like explain to her in clear numbers that hey your sister has had three miscarriages in the last two years Mm -hmm. yeah which uh for those of you keeping track of the math at home uh it takes three fetuses to power one Gabriel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Good to yeah. know. I really like Madison's sister. Me like, too. The way they introduce her where she's like, she's like coming back from like a kid's birthday party dressed oh, in Oh, that made me think of you, Hannah. A little yeah, like, Hannah. Yeah. What, what, what's your favorite quality of Sydney? The, the way she is actress or the way she is party princess? The way she kind of looks like Florence Pugh. Yeah, oh. I could see that. Yeah. She she reminded me a lot of you, and I don't know if it's just because of the princess dress thing, but, like, I don't know. I, too, long to say the line, he's eating your babies, or something <laughs> along those lines. So line I of the str- year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I strongly relate to this character. No, I don't think you're you're nuts. When we were watching this, I was watching it with my partner, and he just, like, pointed at me, and he's like, it's you! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I... I could kept track of the specific wording because I, I my notes here from when I was watching was he was feeding off of your fetuses to build himself back up <laughs> with just the note greatest use of words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so good. 
Yeah, so there's an investigation, and, like, they assume that, you know, obviously someone had broken into the house and killed the husband and maybe attempted robbery. We don't really know. Um, but Sydney's like, or what did I just call her? Sydney? That's a sister. Yeah. Um, Madison. yeah. Madison is like a lot more paranoid now. And so she like buys deadbolts and stuff and like, she's hearing voices and good on her for wanting to stay in that house though like yeah it's a really, a nice, really house. nice like victorian style home it's so nice but it's also the foggiest fucking house i've seen in the movie. <laughs> yeah yeah like, i think that kind of house is like a magnet for fog in horror movies <laughs> i guess yeah it's it no wonder i want to live in a house Hill. like that and you know what? I'm gonna say it. It may be a bit of a ridiculous movie, but James Wan continues to knock it out of the park with his writing of female characters. I fucking love Madison and Sydney. I think mm-hmm. they're great characters. Yeah. I enjoy watching them do things, and they yeah. just have yeah. such great agency and wants and pains, and they're really cool protagonists. I enjoy them. And uh, yeah. shout I really... out to oh yeah, oh I really buy their sisterhood. I really I... Yeah, yeah, I really like the we get a focus on that kind of relationship in a movie. Like, you know, it's not focused on like romantic relationships, which is like the stereotypical thing. It's like about sisters. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. And a uh, shout out to uh, his co-writers on the project, uh, Ingrid Basu, who uh, I might be mispronouncing that, but she uh, also plays Winnie, the, the, the CSI lady. Yeah. Also his wife. She was Correct. really funny. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I loved and, her. Yeah. Like, honestly, all the police characters in this movie were pretty good. Like, I usually don't like cop characters, because there's... I feel like people write them into kind of a box. Um, but all the detectives in this movie, I was like, yeah, they're, like, really good characters. And um, a lot of them are also, like, very funny. Yeah, everyone gets at least, like, one goofy bit. And sometimes it's subtle, but they're always passing, like, the, the silly baton amongst each other. Like, uh... <laughs> Even uh, Regina Moss, who's like a bit more of like uh, the the stickler of the of the two detectives, she gets to like uh, just bring lollipops into the morgue and stuff like that. <laughs> they're they're all kinds of funny character touches. Uh, the the other writer I want to shout out is uh, Akela Cooper, who is the the woman who's going to be writing uh, or has written, I guess that's how movies work. Uh, <laughs> Has written uh, Mithrigan, the the new movie James <gasps> oh, Wan so uh, is, yeah. is producing with Blumhouse. Yeah, I'm yeah, so excited for that. That looks. So if that good. movie's not bananas, I'm gonna be so upset. Although from her walk alone, I'm I'm going to see the movie. Yeah, it, incredible trailer. I don't want to see anymore. I'm I'm already sold. Yes, same. <laughs> um, so I can't remember at what point in the movie we learn some of Madison's background, but um. We do find out that she's adopted and she has no memories from before she was like eight or something. And like, she doesn't like supposedly like the mother died. And so she doesn't know her birth mother or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that, that comes just a couple scenes later. Uh, when uh, Like Sydney drops her off. She has like a weird night at home in a sequence. That's basically to just show off three or four different kinds of like, fun shot ideas James Wan oh, has. Yeah. There's like the up above the overhead shot. That was like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's like I think they built the interior of the house fake so that they could rig the spider cam over it and uh 
and pull off a shot like that, where they just give you that weird overhead, like quickly following along with Madison as she runs around everywhere. It's it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, also, I just want to shout out, she has a really cool job. She's like a tour guide in these tunnels under Seattle. Yeah. Oh, that, oh. Yeah, her mom. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, th- that that comes right after the uh, the classic. I'm adopted. Exactly. Yes. Uh, we sh- I, I also feel like we should be note that uh, it's at this point where Sydney drops off dessert, uh, learns she's adopted, that she also learns that Madison yearns to feel like what it... She wants to know what it felt to have a blood connection. A biological uh, connection, you see. Mm-hmm. And at this point, <laughs> I, I, I turn away from the TV and go, oh, oh, Madison, wait. Be yeah. careful what you wish for. <laughs> what you see may have been inside in the you the whole time. Uh, and then, yeah, it goes to that uh, that pretty fun underground Seattle scene where the mom is is doing tour guide work. Yes, and um, they don't reveal that she's the mom until later, but like it's kind of apparent which, she looks very similar to Madison. So. See, I find that hilarious because I was so confused the first time I saw this movie. I was like, who the fuck is this woman? Yeah. Why is she here? <laughs> I did yeah. not know why she was here until the big reveal. Uh, you can tell they're genetically linked because they have the uh, the same uh, wig. Profile. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, the same guy snatched both of them. It's true. Ooh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so... This is where things start to get really weird. Like, uh, we have the whole thing of, like, Madison waking up, like, tied up in her attic. And uh, then we get a whole bunch of random flashbacks. And and then the Pixies' Where Is My Mind, played by, like, an orchestral score, starts playing. And it's like, (laughs) that's, like, my favorite part of the whole movie is any time that starts playing. Because I'm like, I love that song a lot. Now, this is is one of the movie's subtler touches. I don't want to take the time to explain it for the audience. (laughs) The title of the song by the Pixies is Where Where Is is My my Mind. mind. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a legitimate question Madison Link will be asking for a majority of the runtime because you see her mind is taking over her body and running away without her taking note of it. But is it really her mind? Or is Uh, it Gabriel's? Or is it both of theirs? Yeah. (laughs) Where is my mind? It's Gabriel's. They have the same brain. Sometimes, (laughs) sometimes the brain cells go to my twin brother. (laughs) You know, just that's just how it be sometimes. Siblings, am I right? (laughs) Siblings, 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 siblings. But at this point, um, the killer finally gets a really cool look, which I am excited about because I love when killers have an outfit and a specific weapon that is attributed to them. I don't like it when it's just a guy with a knife, although this is ostensibly a guy with a knife. But we see this figure after he kidnaps this woman go up to an attic um, grab this long trench coat cover himself. He's kind of got weird bones and joints. He's moving a little awkwardly. Got long stringy hair in front of his face so we can't see him. And then he says through the radio, you don't know how long I've waited for this. <laughs> and I guess I, I spoke too soon because he doesn't get his weapon quite yet. Um, Has to go because he goes... First. 
he has to kill Dr. Weaver, but that is also one of my favorite scenes when he calls her and she's just in her house and she goes, yes. And he goes, Dr. Weaver. And she's just, who is this? Yeah. There's someone else. Yeah. Yeah. That is uh, when we get our second, it's time to cut out the cancer moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like this time her words are being used against her. Oh, yeah. So the weapon Mm -hmm. that he chooses is a trophy that she has won and it's like he like carves it down so it's really sharp and pointy and it's a knife it's a knife but he leaves Ugh. the part where it says excellence yeah of course <laughs> as you do and like i love the shot of this because this is the first no yes this is the first time when madison witnesses the the world bendy stuff that we don't know at first i was like okay so she's like a psychic right because she can like see what he's seeing um, because it's a great cut when she's, like, doing laundry and then she just looks over and Dr. Weaver's screaming on the other side of her laundry machine. So good. <laughs> very jarring. Very great. Enjoy it a lot. Yes. Yeah. Uh, out of curiosity, have any of you seen, uh, Decision to Leave, the new Park Chan-wook movie that came out this year? No. I have not. I have not. I, I, why? Uh, it's why one of my favorites that? of this year, too, which makes me think I'm just a sucker for, like, good match cuts and, like, location transitions. Uh, That's fair. Because that that is also what. a film that relies a lot on, like, showing you a scene and then taking you to another character's perspective on it. Yeah, it's yeah. extremely satisfying. Yeah. I, I know every critic who saw Decision to Leave was like, they're ripping off Malignant, they're stealing too much Malignant. <laughs> but I, I think it's probably still one of the year's best movies regardless. Cool. Maybe it can be more homage than ripping off. <laughs> I'm sure Park Chan-wook was like sitting in his trailer uh, watching this movie on repeat beforehand, but I think that is a perfectly normal and sane thing to do and should be encouraged. <laughs> of course. Oh, so... There's a lot... Sorry, yeah. I'm trying to put things in order because I can't remember what order things happen in. Uh, you're good. Uh, I, I do want to note, like... Uh, uh, as part of the Maddie's first vision slash Dr. Weaver scene, I had written down some fake green screen is delicious. Some is crap. In this movie, it's delicious. It's delicious. Yeah. It does work really well in this movie. It's usually in the more unreal scenes, and I I personally think it it works pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. And then when, like, Maddie comes out of the trance and the camera, like, does the thing where it goes whoop, 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 whoop. You know, mm-hmm. you yeah. know that thing. That's the only way I can describe it. Like, it looks like the camera was just like shaken, like a long, thin sheet of metal. Yeah, it <laughs> makes the it makes the wobbly noise. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I believe, like, it's right after this when they're investigating the crime scene. We maybe get like one of my favorite flat-out jokes in the movie, which is like, uh, with the detective. Uh, when Detective Kakoa comes out and, like, finds the half the trophy, goes, well, now we're just looking for the missing half. And then, uh, dear sweet Winnie goes, aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, she's got it bad for him in this movie, which is hilarious to me considering she's married to the director. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, my other observation was just, uh, all millennials will go nuts if they are denied their participation trophies, as Gabriel was for decades. Oh my That's god! That's true. Well, <laughs> just another, just another sick boomer insight from my. <laughs> uh-huh. Is James Wan a boomer? I 
he's got to be like in his He's like a Gen Xer. Yeah. That's probably. Cool. He's probably a millennial in the same way we could kind of be considered Gen Z. He's 45 years old. I didn't realize that. So a oh, Gen Xer. Louise. Okay. Still an old enough for that joke to be relevant, I suppose. Yeah, no, I... I yeah. <laughs> the the court allows it? Okay. The yeah, court allows. But yeah, at this point, um, Gabriel starts... We have a couple more of these sequences. The next one with the doctor who said, like, he's broadcasting his thoughts. He gets, like, <laughs> yes. brutally stabbed. Um, of course, there's, like, a bunch of really cool visual tricks that are used in these sequences that are really fun. And I believe after this man dies, um, Maddie calls the police and actually lets them know that he's dead. And so, of course, they're super suspicious because they already kind of think she killed her husband. Mm -hmm. And now this happened, so they think that she's suspicious. But Sydney's firmly in the camp of, like, it's like when you guys consult psychics, you know? The police do that. I've worked on NCIS or whatever the fuck. I know you. I was in an episode of CSI. Yeah. 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 Um, Uh, In the aftermath of uh, that, when they kill Dr. Victor also, uh, that's when Sydney like bursts through the door and goes, Madison, what's wrong? Uh, <laughs> and, and it's fun because like I think for most audiences watching this is like up here up like up here straight up give me jump scare slasher. Uh Sydney is unexpectedly the source of all like the main like freak you out scares of the movie because between this and that uh, earlier shot where she's like waiting at the window for her sister to let her in without telling her, mm-hmm. uh, she she just gets all the moments where you're like hiding just out of frame and then goes, Hey! <laughs> yeah. I love hey that is also another Pixie song. <laughs> I, I don't know it because it was not featured in the 2021 movie. It's true. <laughs> it's or true. in the 1999 movie Fight Club. But, awesome. hey. It was featured in the 2021 movie you. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, so for the movie, like, we have these two narratives kind of building. We have the detective work, and they're trying to find this killer, and then we have Madison trying to figure out her past. So, um, eventually her mom ends up showing, because she keeps digging into stuff, and her mom ends up showing her, like, some old home movies that she's completely forgotten about. Where she's, like, talking to someone who isn't there, and, um, like, she's messing stuff up, and then, like, blaming it on Gabriel. She's like, it was Gabriel, why don't you believe me? It's actually really sad. It's kind of like, like just... when, when the kid and Chucky, he's like, Chucky did it, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. Yeah, yep. it's like, one of the things I hated the most as a child, and I guess still as an adult, is, like, when people think that you're lying and you're telling the truth, it's just like the worst feeling. Uh, so I yeah. feel really bad for her. And mm-hmm. um, the young version of her was played by McKenna Grace, who did a really good job. Yeah. Actually, I was like, all of those scenes, I was like, oh man, this poor kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know she was in Hill House, and she was an excellent child actor. She was James also in really good at working with kids too. He as is young Sabrina. Nice. Oh. And in Ghostbusters 3, Afterlife. Look at you, Marty. Look at that. Little Egon Spengler granddaughter. (laughs) She's literally just like Ginger Bent Egon. (laughs) It's like really kind of funny. 
But yeah, also, like you said, Kyla, I normally don't care about cops in horror movies, but this one has one of my favorite chase sequences of all time when Detective, what's his name, Will? Uh, Kakoa Shaw. Kakoa goes after Gabriel after the third murder, and <laughs> there's just a sequence of them, like, falling on top of various things. Like, my favorite is he's scaling down the building and then just flops onto the the dumpster and Kakoa's like oh my god oh shit and then he just flops onto the dumpster right after him it's yep, very no, comical great stunt just uh quality quality work mm-hmm. uh quite I, I also want to point out the mirror transition that intros to that scene uh where Madison's brushing her teeth ducks down jumps back up and in the mirror is Dr. John Gregory our favorite malignant character mm-hmm. uh very good uh again just a good little scene transition. Yes. Yeah, all of the scene transitions in this movie are so satisfying to watch. Mm-hmm. They really are. Including uh, the transition where eventually Detective Kokoa does not catch Gabriel. Um, but oh. then I believe we go back to the house where we find out all this information about Madison and Gabriel. And then, boom, Lady falls through the ceiling <laughs> while the cops are still there. When I went to see that the second time with a bunch of friends out here, uh, that is the moment I turned to them and said, okay, from here on, shit is real. Uh, uh, so this is a pretty long movie, so I think we can speedrun the rest of the the plot synopsis. Um, who wants to get into the twist? Oh, every day. I want. I want to talk about it. Let's let Will do it. Yes. Yeah, so yeah we'll let's Will do the, it. Explain the twist. Okay. So, uh, after the mom falls through the attic, great stuff. Madison taken to prison. Uh, her sister Sydney goes out to the Simeon Research Hospital, finds a bunch of VHS tapes, takes it back to watch with her mom, and that's when they discover Madison's mom is the woman from the attic, Serena May. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she gave her baby up because it was uh, it. there was a parasitic twin and, and she just couldn't stand that Gabriel he's like the devil uh, wasn't she also and, like sexually assaulted and like very young yes. I, I, I believe by her father if I remember right too so uh, it's, yeah oh wow this, this movie just drops some heavy heavy shit in the real fucked of, up a lot of things yeah uh, but yeah Shortly after that, we get, like, our first good look at Gabriel, uh, when Dr. Weaver takes her VHS camera around shows him off, and that puppet's yeah, great. Yeah! The little T-Rex arms! Yes! <laughs> He's, like, growing out of her back, his face is facing mm-hmm. off the back of her skull, and he has, like Marty said, the little T-Rex arms. Yeah, the little screeching noise that he's making and, like, flailing his arms while they're, like, trying to sedate him. It's very like disturbing but at the same time kind of funny in a way <laughs> yes uh i believe this leads us to our fourth instance of somebody saying it's time to cut out the cancer yes uh which is followed by some like absolutely gruesome shots of like the surgery going on which just combined with like the weird puppet design of like gabriel having uh i think like the way it goes is because they took out the back of her skull he has no like sunken skin face anymore so from that point on his face is always like shown just from the organs that remained attached to the back of her brain 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're literally conjoined at the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which means she this has eyeballs and entirely. teeth in the back of her skull. Very, very fucked up and weird. It's and so cool. Very her interesting. Captain Crunch. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Horror movies love putting teeth on places of women's bodies that don't normally have teeth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Another example is the movie Teeth. Oh, I was about there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Do you so, know yeah, where the teeth the are in that movie, Will? Uh, the teeth are, let's see, a face on a woman that it wouldn't be on a dude. <laughs> uh, the heart. Bam. Wow. Well, they well, did it. I mean, got, you know, got it in one, I guess. <laughs> got it in one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, or it could be the other one. Yeah, that's that one. It's that one. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I was thinking of a different movie for a second. Although Teeth in the Heart would be very interesting. I, I think yeah. that's the subject of Edgar Allan Poe's short story, The Teeth, Teeth Heart. The Teeth, Teeth Heart? <laughs> yeah. It'd be really kind it. of cool to to see something like that in like a movie like The Autopsy of Jane Doe, actually. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That could be more of an internal struggle than a <laughs> external. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, back to the best movie of all time, Malignant, released in 2021. Oh, yes, of course. The focus of tonight's episode is. Uh, so, yeah, immediately after that point, not only do we get all that gruesome, like, puppetry and stuff, but then Madison, who's been kept in, uh, who's been kept in a cell in a women's, in the women's section of the prison with, like, a lot of 70s movies rejects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's literally seems like a lot of them, like, walked right out of, like, Something like Shaft. There's a woman in like full disco garb. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it is bizarre. Uh my best explanation for it is James Wan said he was influenced by like a lot of Argento style uh Giallo horror films. Shallow. Which I guess mm-hmm. yeah, pull from that same era. Uh yeah, I could see I, it. I don't remember too many people from Suspiria or Deep Red dressing up <laughs> like they were about to go to the disco, but well, a lot of them were also in Italy, um, which kind of had a different kind of like influence with their like club scene and things than the Americas. So, so I think James Wan just did it because he felt like it. it I know, that's that's enough reason for anything. That too. Uh, so anyways, like, as soon as the shit pops off with, uh, the VHS, we immediately cut to Gabriel waking up, becoming a hundred times more powerful than a normal person because he is backwards, and, uh, <laughs> demolishing everyone else I- in that room, yeah. then escaping the-, the prison cell and demolishing everyone in the police station. Can we talk about the her skull splitting open? Like, the back Absolutely. of her skull literally splits open, because, like... Like I said, they're conjoined at the brain, so they had cut out parts of Gabriel, but, like, he was still there, attached to her brain, which is why she can hear him and, like, see his memories. Mm -hmm. And, um, they, so, like, they explained that he got more powerful because he absorbed her fetuses. Yep. And he ends up, Is that not what you guys do? (laughs) I've, I've never interacted with a fetus before so guess um, not only all the dead ones that they put in the covid vaccine <laughs> 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 okay oh so maybe, my God. 
then maybe I've like interacted with quite a few fetuses. Just been. I slurp them up in a milkshake. Yeah, I was just gonna say I sip them up through a straw. Yeah, I was about to say like I could literally make a very long list of the things that like McDonald's fries, um, fucking hot dogs. Yeah, video game consoles, Neutrogena lotion, like fluoride, anything you can think of. People will claim that it's made from dead fetuses. Oh, there was actually I saw a post the other day where some conspiracy theorists said that they don't actually burn coal in power plants they burn dead babies which provide no. more energy than coal interesting wait so malignant is based in scientific fact i heard it oh yes oh i was gonna say i watched an episode of your preface is going to hell and you know they have the right idea if we gave all of those fetuses guns then like this wouldn't be a problem <laughs> <laughs> is that not what gabriel is I mean, he is a baby with a gun, pretty much. He's a baby with a knife. <laughs> a homemade yeah. trophy knife. But I just wanted to bring that up. Like, that effect on the skull opening was so cool. And his yeah. little face sticks just, out. Like, He's got the, these little the, teeth. like, cracking and, like, her yeah. screaming. Yeah. And then, like, the effects of, like... Because, you know, like, when he's in control of her body, like, she kind of moves backwards. Mm-hmm. And, um... That looks really cool. I love when they have that actor walking backwards, but I also like when they show, like, they want they want it to look like they're walking backwards, but they're actually walking forward, so they made a mask of that actress's face to put on yes. the back. Yes! Yeah, I love that. I love that a lot. <laughs> it's like a, like mm-hmm. a, like a ceremonial death mask yeah, just I mean, on the it, back of that person's head. It looks head. cool. <laughs> like, I mean, it, like, it looks convincing. Yeah, so. it looks really good. Oh, just just all of you describing it has me grinning so big. So <laughs> wide. I'm, I, I'm so happy just remembering this movie exists. And, like, they don't just, like, go with, like, basic kind of run and stab motion. Gabriel is athletic as fuck. Yeah, My favorite doing, bit. Like, backflips and stuff. He has There's a of great... ten men somehow. Mm-hmm. They, they Go have ahead. like two contortionists, I believe, doing like a lot of the fight choreography for it. It's, it's I love this. It's cool. But yeah, uh, my what... favorite bit in the movie is when Gabriel grabs a chick. Like, the cops are about to make their way out of the station because, of course, one Gabriel with a knife is going to decimate, like, at least a dozen cops with guns. Um, but he takes a chair yeets it all the way across the room in like a single shot and then it whacks the detectives and they go down and then gabriel just leaves yeah he he just leaves gabriel mounts a desk does like a frightening little roar and then yeah just just walks out uh through the doors in like the duchess angle i've seen in the movie (laughs) uh in addition there's one shot in the middle of that police fight that was done with like I believe the camera was mounted on a giant robot arm so they could do, like, you know, uh, a motion control and uh, eventually, like, piece together a bunch of elements for it. Just that like shot's so sick. Evangelion. Yes, yes. <laughs> giant robot it's so arm. Long. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. No, it, Gabriel, get in the Ava. <laughs> 
Gabriel piloting and you know what would be fucking funny Pacific Rim where it's just Gabriel and Madison having to pilot by themselves because they're technically two people and pretty much already drift compatible because they live in the same brain (laughs) that's would Madison have to wear two helmets um, <laughs> maybe just a really big helmet. I think she just has one helmet, but it has two visors. Oh yeah, ah, that's that's the smart way to do it. Yeah, but... yes. So this all boils down to like a final confrontation, um, with Madison's birth mother and also Gabriel's birth mother. That he's like pissed, didn't want him, and she does apologize, and like, but he is still mad. And um, Madison's sister shows up, and that's where we get the line, like, he was absorbing your fetuses. <laughs> he was absorbing your fetuses! He's or- eating your babies! To build yeah, himself back you- up! Because, of course, we have to have that classic confrontation where Madison's mind is un- and body are under the control of Gabriel. And so to reach her, Sydney has to get her to remember her true self. Remember who you are, Simba. <laughs> and then, <laughs> like, and then she turns the tables on Gabriel and like locks oh. him up. Yeah, she just mind. like totally pulls like a Sherlock mind palace and like locks him. Yes, it's a good a scene though because we get to door. see him like kill everyone, and then he finds out it was all fake, mm-hmm. and it was all just a trick. Yep, yeah. you've been girl bossed, Gabriel. Yeah. And it is also a very sweet moment between the sisters, because, mm-hmm. like, Madison is, yeah. like, yeah, like... So, like, Gabriel had, like, pushed, uh, like, a big hospital keeping you alive machine on top of of Sydney. <laughs> um, and she's like, uh, I'm dying. And she's like, you're not gonna be able to get this off of me. And she's like, this has been my body all along. And just, yes. like, lifts it off real easily. I'm like, oh my god, this is such a girl power moment. Yeah, I love it. she's just, like, a really <laughs> insanely strong person. And mm-hmm. I love it. She's insanely I also strong love... and has all of his tele- telekinetic powers now. <laughs> and also, like, the movie subtly drops the hint that, hey... We could probably do a sequel if we wanted to, because Gabriel's mm-hmm. like, you can't keep me in here forever. And then she turns back and she goes, I know, but next time I'll be I'll ready be for ready. you. <laughs> da, 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 da. Also, the part where the prison balls are, excuse me, the prison bars. The prison bars. <laughs> <laughs> the prison bars. Uh, Freud, don't comment. Uh, <laughs> Freud is but, typing uh, in chat. No, Freud, get out! <laughs> Blocking Freud, sicking the mods on Freud. Oh my god! Uh, mods get his the, ass, ban him. Yeah, he's he's typing illegal words about my psychology. Get, get him out of here. He just posted like the emoji with like the single raised eyebrow and the smirk. No, oh, no, <laughs> they got him. Freud, they got Freud has owned me once again. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, but the part where the prison bars appear in uh. Her mind palace, also mm-hmm. also great, just beautiful to look at, and also I like just so well placed. This uh, movie is so ridiculous, but in such an amazing way. Yeah, everything that is set up does, in fact, pay off, and oh. I even gained an appreciation for the unused blender, which thematically parallels <laughs> the story of one person, two brains. I would like to make. 
in our view. They're blended, like in the Adam Sandler movie, oh blended. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, I want to hear Will's argument. I, yes. I would like to make an argument. You you know of films where there is information I know revealed. Of them. I've heard you, of them. you may have heard of the movie. I've heard they're the devil's tool. Yeah. Uh, I saw one where a train came at the screen, and I haven't seen one until 2021 since. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so so between the, the train coming at you movie and this one, which one's better? Uh, the train coming at me movie had 0% Gabriel, while this movie had, uh, d- depending on how you look at it, 100% Gabriel the whole time. Uh, That's true. So you 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 know movies where like they have a twist at the end and they reveal some information and then if you go back and watch the movie again like your Christopher Nolan movies and whatnot yeah all of a sudden mm-hmm. like this new context wow. I have it recolors the entire experience oh my god mm-hmm. you're picking up on all the influence... little subtle cues yeah this is going to influence all of my psychology from film school to adulthood mm-hmm. right I would like to argue that this is one of the few movies where the first chunk of your of it that you're watching the first time through, you're like, oh, this is like a, a kind of slasher mystery. This is a normal movie. Mm-hmm. But then, every time you watch it, after you finish it, you realize that every detail in the film is wackadoo insane. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I think that's like a much better way of viewing a film. Just being able to trace every detail in it to, oh, that's the moment when uh, when Gabriel wakes up because he hit his head real hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or like the oh, shadow guy following Madison around. Yes, uh, I was going to mention like the first time. Oh, they... he... oh, yeah. I sorry, I just remembered one of my favorite scenes, and it's the one where Gabriel calls her on the phone to like <laughs> like talk to her like physically, and like the shot is like of her in the bathroom and the mirrors <laughs> behind her, and you just see the back of her head. Uh, <laughs> I you don't know, that but there's two people so in this much. shot. <laughs> Yes. There's a lot going on. Well, also, on doesn't there. he say a pun like, um, they convinced you I was just a voice in the back of your mind? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't take note of that, but that's Pretty good. Much, yeah. Oh, that's real good. So good. Uh, yeah, He's no, the devil. The devil. I, I like the how devil. they, like, kind of, sort of, for a second, try and make you think, is that the direction this is going? They said devil, like, three or four times now. Yeah, no, he's just a really bad childish adult he's a very tumor. bad boy he's a baby he's an adult baby tumor <laughs> yeah he's throwing a so, tantrum yeah. uh the the only co- comparison point i have are like some films by takashi Miike. Mm-hmm. Uh, in particular is like genre films like yakuza apocalypse where like mm-hmm. the films are constructed with some like absolutely like crazy stuff in mind but they are constructed to support it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it's not just a random thing out of nowhere that just was done to shock you rather than, like, pay off what had already been set up. I'm trying to think of, a like, an example. Like, I I could say, like, a couple J.J. Abrams films, probably. Yeah, no, the... the Somehow, Palpatine returned. <laughs> Somehow. Yes. Yeah, the, Somehow, I, Gabriel has returned. <laughs> Somehow, Gabriel came back. <laughs> that oh shit that is kind of what the doctors all say before they die isn't it yeah mm-hmm. i i kind of want to talk about gabriel as like a character and like all of the other characters that kind of influence his behavior um because like 
if you think about it, a lot of the the shit that happens to him and Madison both in this movie are like things that they can't control and like Madison is kind of like the character that takes it with grace and like kind of like uses it to build herself up and be better whereas Gabriel is like you know that kind of lash out I'm just going to like totally hurt everyone around me who has hurt me and I love that and I love that like kind of mirroring of them Ugh, it's good yeah. I love it a lot I have a question Do you think Oh, yes. Yours first. Okay. Do you think Gabriel loves Madison? I think he... No. I think he hates her because he wishes he was her. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He he doesn't seem to, like, want to, like, extinguish her from the face of the earth like Sydney. He he has a certain level of possessiveness. He's like the evil... The evil side that takes her yearning for a blood connection too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, because the I know he, like, yeah, he, he wanted to possess her, yeah. Yeah, he wants her body, but I feel like at the same time, he also wants her to view him as a part of her, and, like, her whole life she's been told, basically, that he's just, like, like, an entity that's kind of just feeding off of her and not her equal, and, like, you know, if you well, if not you only see, that, he was just like erased completely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like he's he's not fully formed, but at the same time, he's still like a whole character. Yeah, I mean, he has like his own thoughts and desires and stuff. Mm-hmm. I do feel slightly bad for him because, like, yeah. yeah, he wasn't really given a chance. He was just kind of destroyed. But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, but, but dude, yeah. yeah. There's also like the. I don't know for sure if it's, like, been since he was born, but just the way uh, young Serena talks about him, I have to assume that Gabriel's always been, like, going to... His first words to Madison were probably like, Kill! 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 Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do you think there is a world where... So Serena has that, like, little monologue where she's like, Oh, Gabriel, you were a good boy after all. I... I never should have immediately dumped you to the nearest uh, cliffside research you hospital my, I could. You are my son, and I should have loved you. And yeah. Like, now I that have... moment is interrupted by Kokoa Shaw, like, jumping and going, hey, and shooting him. Do you mm-hmm. think Gabriel might have had a change of heart from that if he hadn't, you know, immediately been punctured by a bullet? I no. feel like I feel like he probably wouldn't have. I feel like at that point it was like, he probably would have taken it as hollow words. And I do think that he did take it as hollow words. Yeah. But I think that, I don't know. I saw that little eye squint. I think he was, he was ready to turn an Ebenezer Scrooge. He was going to give money. He was going (laughs) to cast Sydney in his next venture, the movie of his and Madison's adventures. I think it was all aces until detective Kokoa decided to fuck up this family reunion. Well, here's the thing. I feel like it's something that he's always wanted to hear, but it's something that came too late. Yeah, I think that if he had been raised like by her with love, he would have mm-hmm. turned out all right. I, at the same I don't time, know. I feel like it's also something that Madison always wanted to hear from like her her blood parents, you know. Yeah. So like, I feel like Madison more than anything would be the one to like accept that, and maybe that's the part that was wanting to accept it, and not Gabriel himself. Mm-hmm. You're kind also, of I'm gonna go I will say. Oh, yep. Nope, you finish your thought. Uh, 
You're kind of right, but I will say Gabriel put way more effort into meeting uh, his real mom than Madison ever did. It's true. But she was told that her mom was dead. Yeah. So. You're right. You're right. That That's fair. She she didn't even know. She didn't know. She didn't even know. It was yeah, in the Gabriel does, part like, of the brain. Her adoptive family are, like, extremely kind. I mean, for mm-hmm. all intents and purposes, like, they're her family. And she does have a change of heart at the end. Because at the beginning, she's all, you know, I need a blood connection. But at the end, like she's just like no you are my sister and you're what i you're all that i need i want to talk about the parallel between gabriel and madison's husband and the way they both use her for babies (laughs) oh my god you're not wrong (laughs) that's a good point that's true i said it also and i don't actually want want to like talk about it any further it's just like oh hey i just noticed this in the moment that's a good do you think her husband used to treat her with respect and care, and then once, you know, she stopped being able to have the babies, that's when he turned into the world's biggest asshole? I think he was probably already like that, and it's one of those things where you know what, you feel right. like you're, yeah. you're like, wanted and needed. You kind of stick around and don't realize that yeah. you're being fed off of. He did also make, like, allusions to past drinking habits and, like, mm-hmm. uh, previous instances of abuse, so... It, yeah, yeah, I'll never do it again, Can't baby, stuff like that. No. Yeah. There is I, I, something... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, I feel like if Gabriel were to have, like, kind of a change of heart, quote-unquote, it would probably would have been the same way. Where instead, But instead of, like, it being, like, a husband abusing her, it's just her brother that's living in the back of her brain... Which, it, that's kind of what happened in the whole movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. There is something I've noticed with this movie and a couple other movies I've watched recently and shows like American Horror Story, for example, or this is a little different because she wanted the kid, but Rosemary's Baby, where, and this one too, where I'm like, maybe you should have just let him have an abortion and then we wouldn't be in this mess. Yeah. And well, I do find myself thinking that quite a bit. <laughs> Well, yeah. that plus on top of that, um, uh, Serena's dad shouldn't have raped her. Like, well, that's... yeah, I mean, <laughs> this movie is about how corrupt men fucking ruin the lives of the women around them. I've done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much correct. And James it's also about how is a misandrist. It's also about how sisterhood overcomes all, even if it's not blood relations. Oh, we have a guest on our show. Um, Hello, Pepper. Hello, Pepper. You're right in front of the microphone. She heard us talking oh. about girl power and was like, hello, I'm Good here cat. to put in my two cents. <laughs> I am a tumor, actually. No, you're not a tumor. <laughs> She's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. <laughs> not a tumor. Um, two more jokes I do want to give a special shout out to because they were fucking great. Both of them with, um, who was the actor? actress who played like the one of the cops who's very fawny over Kokoa. Oh, Ingrid Basu. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh one of the jokes I really enjoy is after the the fight with Gabriel and the cops, she goes over to them and she goes to the <laughs> the woman detective and she goes, Detective Kakoa and then just immediately goes over to Detective Kakoa. And literally then, steps uh, over her body, I believe, yeah. Let let yeah. me let me dote on this man who is very much an uh, an insert for James Wan. <laughs> <laughs> and then um she calls she picks up her phone and dials 911 and goes wait why am i calling the police <laughs> and he's like get an ambulance yeah call for babes oh yeah two two bangers in a row i, I agree yes. uh 
Also, shout out to that moment when Gabriel tricks uh, Madison into thinking thinking she's going to get a slice of innocent birthday cake. And then she's about to cut open, like, a pregnant woman's stomach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's rough. That's some... The way it's presented is some pretty big gallows humor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's also Gabriel being like, they did this to me. I'm just going to do it to her. Yeah. Also um, to Gabriel, I do believe uh, fetus is our birthday cake. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 A source of power. So. Um, At what one... point is that cannibalism? I mean, uh, it's, I, I, the start, the start, the very <laughs> beginning mean, of it. I mean, the very beginning, because, like, he is technically human, but also, like, I'm thinking about him being kind of a fetus in both the immature way and, oh, like, okay. in a... Oh, and his yeah. face does kind of look fetus Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so one thing I did also want to talk about is um, this movie is very similar to a 1980s movie called Basket Case. Basket. Yes, which is also a great watch. It's very corny in like cases. a completely different way. Incredibly um, campy. Definitely so, so you all not... have... Yeah, you all have seen it? I, yes. I, have I haven't. It I haven't look... seen it. The Boyanses are out of this one. Out of the it basket, Boyans. have the technical uh, mastery that Malignant does. It has some means. very crude practical effects, and yet I fun. love them very much. Yeah, There's a lot like... of stop motion and puppets. It's just another movie about a guy with a conjoined twin, and like, except it's on his side, so he always carries around this basket to hide it, (laughs) and it's very funny. That that's a nice literal turn of phrase. I is that streaming anywhere? I I do want to catch that. I it might be somewhere on Tubi. Um, I'm gonna Google it right now. Favorite gift? Yeah, I just one of what one of my family members lent me a DVD of it, which is how we watched it um so yeah yep, it's uh, on tubi for free yeah oh, okay. so recommended viewing if you really enjoyed malignant uh go watch basket case as well yes you They're know christmas is coming up will so we'll reunite soon we could watch basket case that's true the perfect movie to celebrate christmas yes yeah. a holiday tradition I don't know Jesus was born in a basket, right? Like a manger is like the basket of like biblical a barn. Times. The yeah. basket of a barn. It's true. Uh, another question: Have you all seen Smile yet? Yes, yeah. I have not. Ah, oh, oh, I can't spoil it for him. The ending. I, I know the end. I know the ending. Oh, you, you do. I do. Big old jaw goes ah. Yeah, there, there's also a bit of like a mind fake out that that when I saw it, I was like, oh, no, no, I see all the signs. I've watched Malignant. I know this is a <laughs> fake trick going on in her brain. Yes, pretty much. Uh, it, I, I've pretty much been prepared for all movies this year by Malignant. Yep, there, this was like the bar for like all of the weird stuff going forward. That's yeah. true. Um, and I hope that like James Wan continues to do stuff like this. I mean, like, his, you know, of course, go do your Aquaman movies, too, dude. Like, mm-hmm. um, but I just love him kind of having fun with stuff. And yeah, this feels like nothing he fantastic. was, like, pressured to make. This is something only he could make with, like, his own gumption. Like, he wanted to do this. Yeah, yeah uh, and the other uh, writers, too. Oh, oh yes, yeah, them, uh, too, as as well. I heard uh, Ingrid was the one who, like, 
first initially looked up the idea and went like, oh, isn't this like, whoa, what the heck? <laughs> and then they, they came up with the plot together. And then, yeah, uh, I think like there was at one point a video game writer involved, but they they seemed to have dropped out. They weren't credited in the final film. Can you imagine uh, a video game adaptation of this? Oh, interesting. I... If somebody let me play as Gabriel, I would. I would oh my god! Pretty quickly. <laughs> of course. Uh, but yeah, uh, Kayla jumped in at some point in that, and just uh, yeah, the whole movie phenomenal, front to back, a little mini masterpiece. Uh, the most fun I had in a theater that year. I don't know if Hannah mentioned it, but when I called her and said you have to watch this movie, the end credits were like just starting. Yeah. I was just so fired up that I was like, somebody needs to, to fucking know about this so I can talk about it with them. <laughs> I she, love that. She said that uh, the, like, in credits music was playing, so yeah. <laughs> love that. Absolutely. Yeah, and then I saw it the also ideal way where uh, me and my partner saw it, like, the next day in an empty theater so we could just, like, yell, what the fuck, as loudly as we wanted to. Yeah. I love it, that. It's so good. I, I'm glad you... We both went and saw it so soon. It was, it, it touched my heart. Yeah. Yes. Marty, when was your first experience watching it? I know we all kind of talked about ours. I don't think we heard yours. Yeah. Marty. Oh, um, the first time I watched this movie, I think I found it on streaming somewhere. I don't remember where it was streaming. On HBO. Yeah, probably on HBO. Hubbo. Um, and I think I just kind of like was sitting on the floor in my room watching it and just kind of like taking it all in and being like oh this is fucking insane (laughs) the only like true way to react yeah so do we have any last thoughts about malignant uh how how many Oscars do you all think it should have taken home? Sixty nine. <laughs> well done. Uh, yeah, all of them. Uh, specifically, best actor and actress for Gabriel and Madison. Okay. Yeah, yeah best cinematography. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, okay, that's an interesting one. So uh, James Wan worked with Don Burgess on for sure Conjuring Two. And uh, Aquaman. Don Burgess was the guy who shot the the very first of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. This one is not shot by him. It's shot by, I believe, his son, Michael Burgess. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Good job. So it became like a little family enterprise in there. Yeah. Well, he did amazing. So Yes. Oh, so much. Someone get that. There's a couple scenes. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple scenes that exist almost purely just to let, like, a bunch of fun POV shots, dollies, and uh, again, that spider can fly around, and uh, they all rock. They all are good. Hell if yeah. cinema has taught us anything, hang out with a kooky little horror director if you want to shoot something real fun. Yeah, It's true. I'm trying so hard to write scripts. I want to do it so bad. I want to. I, I need to. You can do it. So, um, as I usually do, this is my appeal for James Wan. If you're listening, please come on our podcast. Please. Yeah. Uh, did you all hear about the big Blumhouse deal that happened with him recently? No. I believe the production of Mithrigan, uh <laughs> is uh, 
has directly led to like him and Blumhouse announcing like a bit of a merger on that. Oh dang. Oh. So they're Juan okay. and Blumhouse are going to be working together to provide Universal with like a bunch of horror films for a couple of years. Oh, oh nice. hell yes. That could yeah. be great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, we have uh, a yeah. lot to look forward to. Yeah. And then I believe uh Juan and Juan and Cooper, in addition to uh in addition to Megan, are also going to be uh doing I don't know how involved Juan is, probably about as much as the other conjuring spin-offs, but uh Cooper is slated to write the nun too for the conjuring oh, nice. cinematic universe. Oh shit. I can't believe there hasn't already been a nun too. For some reason I thought there was. I wonder if it got yeah. delayed because of COVID stuff. Ah, uh, perhaps. Two nuns is better than none. Ha! Very is, true. Is my stance on the matter. N- nuns is better than ones? I'd say one nun is better than none, but two nuns? Oh, that's better than one and none. I feel like Gabriel is crawling out of my skull right now. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Will, <laughs> do you have anything that you would like to promote while you were here? Uh, nothing in particular, just, uh, yeah, my Twitter is at like you always say. So there's a couple, there's at least three or four good tweets about malignant in there. If you want to check those out, good. You have some great fucking tweets about malignant. You're underselling yourself. Thank yeah, you. thank you. I appreciate it. I enjoy your Twitter. Yeah. I I appreciate all of your Twitters as well. Good content, everyone. Let's enjoy it uh, while we can. <laughs> yeah, yeah before it goes down the crapper any more than it's already ha- it already has thanks to Gabriel, yeah, Gabriel well, and Elon that. Musk well Will thank you for helping introduce me to horror I don't think I would be here without you so you're a good brother yeah. well done uh, absolutely and while we're on that subject I am curious since you all are scholars of at least one James Wan franchise on this podcast do you have any particular takeaways about this movie i was this this last viewing in particular through that lens i started noticing how much of his horror filmography has to do with like possession and the idea of your body being outside of your control either by like Mm -hmm. jigsaw means or usually some kind of paranormal spookiness and in this case sci-fi i really think because I actually haven't seen any of the Saw movies except for the first one. Well, that's Shocker, the one I did, actually so. watched the first one. Um, I Of the James Wan movies I've seen, I feel like this one is probably his best in those regards. Um, it's definitely the one that feels like the most um, just him letting loose and like yeah, you know his Being project. Comfortable with it's his not, style, because like I love the Conjuring movies, um, but they are very Hollywood. Like you know, there's an exorcism and a possession, and you have to have a crucifix, and they follow all the steps. Um, but they do it very well. Mm-hmm. But I think like this movie, I can say Malignant is like nothing I have ever seen in Hollywood mm-hmm. before. So I really appreciate that, and it makes me more excited to see like what this team are gonna do moving forward yeah yeah and something he does with his movies that i noticed in this one that even in the most bizarre circumstances there's such an emphasis on characters caring about each other and fighting for each other like i feel like he has a very specific emphasis on the family where every single family member gets to be involved and gets to 
have a moment to shine and be a human being, which is something you don't see very often in horror movies. Usually you get like one or two characters who really shine, but he does such a good job providing that balance and making these people feel really interesting and you feel very connected to them right away. And I just love that even when he's going balls to the wall with his style and imagery and the story so out there, he still has that quality, which I, I love. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting how much of a little family focus has developed since, like, probably Insidious would be, like, the first time he kind of had that in one of his movies, and then that mm-hmm. progressed through the Conjuring movies to now. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, Furious 7, uh, the ultimate family. <laughs> the ultimate family film. Family. Uh, thank you again so much for joining us, Will. Absolutely. And thank you for having me on. This, this yeah. is good. You are welcome back anytime. Uh, when you're here, you're family. Aww. Hell yeah. Just like the Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I, I can't wait to, to crack a Corona with the crew. Yes. Hell yeah. yeah. Crack a Corona or crack the back of your skull. <laughs> Ooh. Nice. That um, should be their new slogan. So thank oh, you this is awesome. once again to all of our listeners for tuning in. If you want to hear more from us, you can find us on Twitter at Chainsaw Matinee. And we have a TikTok now. Yeah. We have a TikTok. What's our TikTok? It is also at Chainsaw Matinee. For some reason, we just cornered the market on that particular title. Heck Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Um, all lowercase. Perfect. So go follow All lowercase, on... one word. Yeah, lowercase, one word. Go follow us on all the social media. And if you want to support us further, we have a Patreon. Where, uh, donations help us keep our equipment up to date and pay for website hosting fees and things like that. Thank you. Please, if you like us, give us money. <laughs> we give really want to keep so doing this. Gabriel doesn't possess our brains. Uh, thank you. Thank you again to everyone. And as always, may your nightmares be plentiful. And may your brain not have a twin brother inside of it. Or may it have a twin brother. Or may it. <laughs> I don't know. Let's hope it's not Gabriel. Or maybe maybe you want that. I, who am I to judge? Whatever. Double the dreams, baby. Double the dreams.